Thank you so much for that introduction, Kyle. And thank you guys for joining us today. So uh, like Kyle said, we'll be walking through a demonstration of how we can use some of Kyogen Digital Insight solutions to expand indication selection and perhaps even repurpose a drug, Alpelisib, that's already approved for use in the clinic. Now the Kyogen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. So the protein encoded by the PIK3CA gene is part of the PI3 kinase group, which is important to many cancer-relevant signaling pathways like cell growth and proliferation. PIK3CA is considered to be a major oncogene that's the driver for many cancer events. Now, mutations in this gene can have devastating effects, especially when those mutations are known to activate the PI3K kinase group. These types of mutations are fairly prevalent in human cancers and can even play a role in driving treatment resistance in those cancers. So some of the top hotspots for these activating mutations are E545K, E542K, and H1047L. Now, alpelisib is a kinase inhibitor that inhibits the PI3 pathway and addresses the effect of that activated PI3K alpha isoform. Alpelisib has been shown to double median progression-free survival of HR-positive, HER2-negative, PIK3CA mutant metastatic breast cancer patients when used in combination with fulvestrin, an estrogen receptor antagonist. Now, we see that this treatment with alpelisib has been successful in metastatic breast cancer patients. So the question really is, what other cancers could alpelisib benefit? Could we even repurpose this drug to treat non-cancer-related diseases? So our journey starts off by taking a quick survey of cancer in real-world clinical samples. We're able to examine PIK3CA, the various alterations that can arise in this gene, and all the known functions of those alterations across these clinical cancer samples. Now, not surprising, we see many breast cancer types that have a high percentage of PIK3CA mutant cases, but we also note that different types of oral cancers also appear to have a high level of mutations present, and these mutations tend to be the known activating types. So these certainly could be a good indication to target with alpelisib. Next, we'll see what drugs have response data for patients with PIK3CA mutations. Alpelisib is listed, but we only have response data for breast cancer patients. Furthermore, there are no drugs with this response data listed for any type of PIK3CA mutant oral cancers or the uh, greater kind of group of cancers, head and neck cancers. Next, we'll figure out if there are any clinical trials for apelicid currently enrolling and what diseases these trials are exploring. Then we can broaden that search to see if there are any enrolling clinical trials for just PIK3CA mutant oral cancer patients. It appears that there's really only a handful of trials targeting head and neck cancers, indicating that this really isn't a crowded space for therapies and there is an unmet need for patients here. So now that we have our sights set on potentially exploring alpelisib and oral cancers, we can move on to confirm that PIK3CA mutations lead to a decrease in overall survival. Here, we'll be able to quickly narrow in on oral cancer samples to generate a survival curve between PIK3CA mutant 
and PIK3CA wild type patients, so we can see this clear decrease in survival of those mutant patients. The next piece of the puzzle is going to be to figure out how increased expression of PIK3CA leads to increased oral cancer. We can generate a network that connects PIK3CA to oral cancer and figure out what genes and proteins contribute to this network. This network map can give us a clear hypothesis for mechanism of action of apolysis. We can then observe what happens to the network when we increase PIK3CA expression and how it uh, predicts the activation of oral cancers. Now, alternatively, if we introduce alpelisib into the system, this will decrease the expression of PIK3CA. And you can see that acting through all of these intermediate molecules, that oral cancer is uh, predicted to be inhibited within this pathway. We can use that same exact network and that expression data to find out where else in public data do we see the similar pattern of expression. This could hint at maybe cancers or different diseases that weren't on our radar before that share similar biology. We can also see public data sets that have the opposite patterns of expression that are hinting at potential drug combination partners. Now, without further ado, let's get right into it and start our, our journey through um, some of the wonderful tools that we have here to show you today. So first and foremost, we are going to enter into our somatic uh, mutation database here, where we can quickly search for PIK3CA and have a look at the observed clinical case distribution. So here, just in the search box, you can type in uh, PIK3CA and choose it from the dropdown to hone in on uh, PIK3CA individually. When we click that, we'll, we'll be met with a uh, summary page that has all sorts of different tabs listed out along the uh, left-hand side here. But the one that we're gonna be honing in onto quickly is this observed clinical case distribution. When we click on this, we'll be met with this bar chart. And what this bar chart is showing us is along the x-axis, we have a whole bunch of different uh, clinical cancer indications that we have stored away in this database. And then the height of the bars is telling us what percent of the samples for this indication in this database have mutations for PIK3CA. And then you can also see over here on the uh, right-hand side, we have a nice handy dandy uh, little key showing us that these different colors are showing us uh, what the functional impact is for these mutations. So for today, we are really gonna be setting our sights in on this red color, so the known activating mutations here. So first, let's just quickly sort and get these in order by uh, percent mutated. And as we scroll over these bars, you'll see these pop-ups that give us a little bit more information about these indications and the PIK3CA mutations that they possess. So of course, these top few uh, bars are going to be breast cancer samples. But as we scroll down the list here, you'll see that we start having some 
oral cancer indications popping up. So this is showing us that indeed, uh, these different oral cancers have a increase in PIK3CA PIK mutations, and certainly they tend to be the known activating type here. So this is giving us a hint at maybe an interesting new uh, indication to explore a little bit deeper. Next stop in our journey will be on our drugs tab. So this drugs tab shows us to what drugs have been used to treat PIK3CA mutant patients that also have some sort of response data associated with them. So here we can see that Apelisiv is listed, and I'm actually gonna expand this out so you can see a little bit more of this list right now. You can see that Apelisiv is listed. However, if you notice over here in the indication uh, row or column rather, that we only have breast cancer samples really listed for these uh, for this data. So again, this is another uh, great piece to the puzzle showing us that, you know, maybe PIK3CA mutant oral cancers um, for Elpelisib really haven't been studied uh, too much just yet. So now moving on to the clinical trial tab, we can explore to see what clinical trials are recruiting for Elpilisib uh, specifically. And then we can ask the broader question of how many um, head and neck cancer trials are out there that might be exploring different types of oral cancers. So while we're in this uh, view, the first thing that we're gonna check on is to look and see how many clinical trials are recruiting for Elpilisib. So when we click on this to isolate only Elpilisib uh, relevant uh, listings here, once again, I'll expand out this list so we can see a few more here. You'll notice that there are indeed a few clinical trials that are going on for Elpilisib, um, potentially with a bunch of different combination therapies. But as we scroll down this disease list, you'll see that we really don't have many head and neck uh, indications popping up here. You can also see this through this uh, handy little drop down and filter menu here. So when we hone in on uh, how many trials are being recruited for, for head and neck squamous cell cancer, by clicking that and isolating that out, you'll see that we really only have two trials. So we have this one right here and this one right here that are going after PIK3CA targeted um, in, uh, indications here. And then furthermore, let's release the filter on uh, Elpilisib and just in general, look at the landscape of head and neck cancer trials that are ongoing uh, in our database here. And we can see that we only have um, eight different trials uh, listed here. Some of them are duplicates. So certainly there really isn't, there aren't many clinical trials that are currently recruiting for head and neck cancer uh, samples in general. And then when we drill down into a Pelisib, there's even fewer. So with this, it really tells us that, you know, once again, our sites that we set on uh, this, the oral cancer indications seem to be a um, uncrowded space where there are, you know, there is an end need for patients um, for these therapies. Now, to just make sure that we're crossing all of our T's and dotting our I's, let's launch into um, another one of our softwares to have a look and see if um, oral cancer patients do have uh, mutations in PIK3CA and are they deleterious to patients? 
and therefore would be a good uh, target indication to pursue. So let's have a look at our data that we have in the International Cancer Genome Consortium, where first we're gonna go and search for our gene of interest. And today that is PIK3CA. But you can imagine, you can do this with any genes of interest that you might be looking for. Um, you can do this with other types of indications, right? This is just telling a story very specifically on PIK3CA um, inhibitors and uh, oral cancer here. So once we launch this search, what we're gonna be met with is a screen that's gonna show us all sorts of different data that we have collected in this database for PIK3CA. So what we want to uh, quickly hone in on is to have a look at the survival of PIK3CA mutant versus wild type patients. So what we're gonna do here is switch over to the survival data view, where first we'll be met with a ton of uh, survival plots here, but we can utilize all of our filters in this software to really just quickly hone in onto oral cancers. So that's exactly what I'm gonna be doing right now by clicking into our disease state filters and drilling into oral cavity cancer. So now we're just looking at the overall survival. So let's group this by patients who are PIK3CA mutant and patients that are PIK3CA wild type. So just quickly on the x-axis, we have the time of survival, and this is uh, read out in days. And then on the y-axis, we have our percent survival. So how many patients are surviving at a particular time point? And we can see here that our blue color is indicating our PIK3CA mutant patients, and our green color is this PIK3CA wild-type patients. And you can see there's certainly a large gap between our PIK3CA mutant and wild-type patients, indicating that there is indeed poor survival when patients, when oral cancer patients possess a PIK3CA mutation. Now, after all of this investigation, and after we've nailed down that we want to um, explore LPELICIV in oral cancer patients, the next piece of the puzzle would be to figure out how these, um, how this drug could potentially affect the biology of these um, cancer patients here. So let's take some time to understand the mechanism of action and that biology between PIK3CA, uh, the gene, and oral cancer here. So we were able to build a network that connects these two uh, particular items, so PIK3CA and oral cancer, and show us exactly what molecules that um, this network is recruiting into its stratosphere here. So when we have this network constructed, we can then um, do a multitude of different things. And this multitude of different things that we're able to do is all thanks to a compendium of scientific findings that were manually gathered from things like top tier uh, research journal publications, databases, and all sorts of other clinical trial information. So these findings are stored in a really easy to query database that not only allows us to draw connections between genes or proteins and downstream outcomes or um, biological events, but we can also perform causal analysis to determine what happens to the entire network when any part of it is up or down regulated. So for instance, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna color the PIK3CA uh, node 
red, which is going to indicate to us that we see an increased measurement or an upregulation of PIK3CA. When we do this, you'll notice that the entire network lights up in different uh, colors here. So lots of blues and oranges. And this is the causal analytics that is running behind the scenes. So when something is colored in orange, we have a predicted activation. When something is colored in blue, we have a predicted inhibition. So when we increase PIK3CA, by coloring it in red, acting through all those intermediate molecules here, we can see that oral cancer is also predicted to be activated with this increase of PIK3CA. Now, inversely, let's go ahead and color this node with green, indicating that this is a measured decrease or downregulation of PIK3CA. So this is much like what we would see if we introduced the drug Alpelisib into the system and decreased or inhibited the PIK3CA gene. We can see that once again, it's interacting through all of these molecules in the middle here to elicit a, a, an effect on oral cancer that is showing us that it's predicted to be inhibited. So PIK3CA being uh, inhibited by Opelisib will lead to an overall decrease or uh, inhibition of oral cancer. Now, once we have explored this and understood a little bit more of the mechanism of action and what happens to this network when we see upregulation or downregulation of PIK3CA, we can finally ask the question, where else do we see this pattern out in publicly available data? So that is exactly what this pattern search button does. It will bring us to this plot right here, which is, um, a whole bunch of different publicly available analyses. So when you see these individual dots, each red dot is representative of one publicly available study. Now, the way that this plot is set up is we have a z-score at the bottom of the uh, plot here on the x-axis. So our positive z-scores are going to indicate that these potential uh, candidates for these individual public analyses are in a uh, more matching state to what we saw in our previous network here. So this is re these data sets are recapitulating what we saw when PIK3CA was um, upregulated, which led to an increase in oral cancer. Now, inversely, on the uh, left-hand side of the x-axis, we have a negative z-score. And this is showing us that all of these individual data sets over here are in an anti-matching uh, fashion to what we saw on that network before. So all of these are showing the opposite effect of that increase of uh, PIK3CA, as well as that predicted um, increase for oral cancer here. So using this plot, we can hone in onto um, a few very different uh, things here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna quickly highlight some of the matching data sets, and you'll see more details showing up down below here. So as we're scrolling through this list, of course, there are going to be some of these top hits like breast carcinoma, um, maybe some other liver cancers, but really interesting to see are non-oncological related diseases. So we have some heart diseases showing up in this list, 
as well as lupus. So this is suggesting that maybe these disease indications for heart and um, lupus and maybe even diabetes is they're sharing a similar biology to what we saw for this PEC3CA pathway that we built together here. So these again could be really interesting targets to think about repurposing Elpalisib to maybe even treat some of these non-oncological diseases. Now over here on the left hand of the side, I'm gonna release some of the filters that I've applied to this uh, data here. I'm gonna go ahead and highlight some of the anti-matching data sets. So once again, these are data sets that are showing the opposite effect of when we saw that PIK3CA was increased with that increased uh, oral cancer. And we'll see here that this will show us um, many different treatment data sets as shown by this comparison uh, type column over here. You'll see the word treatment popping up, and this will show us that these are data sets that are moving from a disease state more back to that normal kind of state of being for that particular um, for that particular network. So once again, this could be um, a list of some really interesting treatments that you could think of maybe doing some sort of combination therapy with l and some of these treatments that are helping nudge these this uh, pathway along from a disease state to that normal state. Now that's the end of um, our journey through some of these softwares that we have to offer here at Kyogen Digital Insights. And um, just going back to my slides, I wanted to take a moment and just kind of go over the breadth of what we were able to do in such a short amount of time. So first we had our drug, Alpelisib, that we started with and we asked the question, you know, I know this works really well in metastatic breast cancer patients um, with PIK3CA mutations. So where other cancer indications possess these alpha activating PIK3CA mutations? So we were able to do that uh, rather quickly and have a look at all of these uh, real world clinical cases. We then went and explored different clinical trials and drugs and indications um, for l palisib as well as the landscape for oral cancers or head and neck cancers. This really helped us understand what that unmet need for patients is. Is this a crowded space? Am I gonna be competing against a whole bunch of other uh, treatments out there that are already in the clinic and really doing wonders with patients? Next, we were able to then go on down the list and just confirm that we indeed have a good target that we're going after here. So we had a look at some data and saw that when you when oral cancer patients had a PIK3CA mutation, we certainly saw decreased survival for those uh, mutant status uh, patients here. So then we went a little bit further and looked at the biology of this PIK3CA pathway and how Elpelisib influences this pathway. We then finally asked the question, where else do we see this similar pathway um, doing things that we saw in our particular data? And where else do we see opposite effects happening? So again, this is indicating that maybe there are other cancers that share similar biology, like we saw with diabetes and uh, lupus and some of those heart conditions. Um, we saw that non-oncological diseases might harness this pathway as well. And then when we saw the opposite matching data sets, we saw many different treatments here 
um, that could be really interesting combination partners to for um, alpilicid. So again, just talking about this in the grand scheme, right? We went from a drug all the way down to new indication selection and possible combination therapy strategies, all inside of about 35 minutes of actual real hands-on work here. Of course, that was abbreviated for today's uh, webinar, but I hope you guys got the gist of this. And I thank you so much for your attention.